Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon here in Bethesda, Maryland, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your hosts, Zach and Ray. How are you today, Hanson? I'm doing great, Pops. Happy Monday. How are you doing? Oh, my God. If, you know, as the old saying goes, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Or I'd have a microphone right over my head. Ah, man, it's like... it's. Don't worry about it. It just looks like it's part of Lithia's logo. All right, fine, that's fine. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. Boom mic is always tricky for me. All right, yeah. Pops, here's the deal. Yeah. Car dealers? Yeah. It's the end of car dealers. Oh, my God. You ready for another example oh of why? <clears throat> yes, please. Please share. You woke up this morning hoping hoping we'd talk talk more about this. There is an industry publication. It yes. comes out monthly. It's from Automotive Ventures. I encourage everyone who likes our content, you'd probably really get a kick out of what they publish over at Automotive Ventures. I will zoom in. Don't you worry, Pops. They uh, are doing their October edition Yeah, from Steve Greenfield, their yes. founder. Their, there's the head honcho over there. It's yeah. all about the agency model. Yes. There is a quote in here that stood out to me. It is right here. Yes. Let's see if I can zoom in. Well, look at you. You can. Lithia President and CEO Brian De, De, Boyer. De Boyer notes, holding inventory is what drives our leverage ratio up and takes a lot of our capital. When you think about part that part of the model, we would really be shifting in the event if this did occur to a high margin, low SGNA type what is of SGNA? model. SGNA? Sales, general, and administrative costs. Oh, okay. Cool. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So he's saying, yeah. in the event that this did occur, we'd be shifting to a high margin, low SGNA type of model rather than a lower margin, higher SGNA type of model. If you look into Eastern and Western Europe, there is acceleration of the agency model. It looks like the margins are somewhere between six and ten percent on the front end margin of the business. So remember that some of the FNI is also being reduced with the agency model. And Steve Greenfield goes again. Steve's like the prognosticator yeah. in the industry with a, with large dealer groups such as Lithia receptivity to the agency model increases while the concern goes down. This is due to the fact that bigger groups are more likely to be the preferred channel of distribution versus smaller players. They'll have more say in strategic decisions and have greater influence and a voice at the table as they partner with should, OEMs. Should we explain what the alleged and potential it, I'll agency leave, model is? I'll leave this here and then we'll come yeah. back to it. We are seeing evidence of automakers moving more quickly towards, towards an agency model in international markets with the expectation that could happen back here at home. What is the agency model, Pops? I don't know. You please explain it. Other oh, than, you know other, what the agency uh, Other than the is. fact that that um, a lot of the OEMs really like the prospect of um, lower production, um, an agency an agency model being that, that consumers would order vehicles, the selling price would be the MSRP, there would be... Um, no or limited negotiation. Yep. Uh, dealers wouldn't carry uh, high levels of inventory. Yep. Um, so their carrying costs would be way down. Uh, floor plan costs and things of that nature because they're not carrying inventory. The manufacturers would be happy because they wouldn't have to invest as much money in marketing and, and incentivizing the sales of vehicles. Yep. Um, so the new agency model is that 
you wouldn't necessarily be staffed with salespeople. You would, you would, the dealerships would get paid X amount of dollars for facilitating the delivery of the vehicle on behalf of the manufacturer. Exactly. And we are seeing more and more of a push in this direction. And, and you hit the nail on the head. The agency model, while not consistently defined, move away from franchise dealerships towards agents who sell products on behalf of the OEM. And Pops, let me pull us over here to the side really quickly. Right? What does it look like? Many of the big consulting firms are pushing the agency model for the benefit of the OEMs, projecting that the transition may help them realize up to 8% of retail price and efficiencies. Through elimination of discounting, all dealers will price new cars identically at MSRP. We reviewed or we reacted to an article from Cox Automotive Deb that showed, I forget what the number was, but it was ridiculous. The amount of money that automakers were saving not having to incentivize the mm -hmm. sale of vehicles. Yes. Reduction of dealer and consumer facing incentives and rebates, centralizing an, uh, an elimination of back office costs and an elimination of headcount. Yeah. Which, and, and for those of you keeping score at home, one of the things that I've been saying for the longest period of time is that that the price of the vehicle should be the price of the vehicle. Um, you know, and, and if it turns out that the price of the vehicle will be the MSRP because they're always in short supply and it just becomes the new way of doing things, that's fine because I've always associated to to shopping at Kohl's. Yep. You know, you, you don't expect to find the, the Ralph Lauren polo pullover uh, cheaper at one Kohl's than at another. Whatever the price that's advertised is the same price at every Kohl's. Well, that's the way it should be for automobiles. And if you did that, then it would, it, it would eliminate the need for people to drive around shopping price-wise one dealer against another if it's the same price at, you know, if, if the Chevy um, Bolt EV is the same price at every Chevy dealer, well, then you would just go to your local neighborhood Chevy dealer. Yep. You're not going to, you're not going to get in your car and drive 200 miles to another one because you think you might save a couple the hundred The efficiencies dollars. across the border there. 100%. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think the way I always described it in the past was that every manufacturer tracks sales. And they, they, every manufacturer has provided the, uh, the financial statement, the monthly financial statement from a dealership, and it's broken down by model. So they know um, from all their dealers what the average transaction price for any particular model is. And my suggestion before this was that, well, if the, if the manufacturers know what the average transaction price is, well, then just price the vehicles at what the average transaction price is, and you don't have to incentivize the sale anymore. Yep. Um, so what this is suggesting is that the average transaction prices will just be MSRP. Whatever the manufacturer suggested retail prices will be will suddenly become the manufacturer's retail price. There won't be any suggestion. Okay, it'll just be the manufacturer retail price. And whatever that is on any particular model, that's what it's going to be at, at whatever um, dealership you go to that sells that model. That makes life easy. I completely agree. You don't need we're a watching, salesperson for that. We're watching the transition happen in real time. And yeah. I'm going to keep reading through this uh, uh, okay. monthly overview because it's really fascinating. Before I do, I just want to remind everyone or let everyone know, I should say, 
we have started offering one-on-one consultations, limited number and for a limited amount of time because we're just testing it out. But if you are in the market to buy a car and you have questions, you need help, go to joinyaa.com. Click on that book, a one-on-one consultation. Where's that? Up at the top, Dad. Oh, new book, a one-on-one consultation with YAA. Give that a try. And also community forum, 100% free. So please go spend some time on the community forum. Let's keep reading through here because it's fascinating stuff. Okay. We are seeing evidence of automakers moving more quickly towards agency model in international markets. Earlier this summer, we saw Stellantis terminate sales and service contracts with European dealers for its 14 brands effective June 2023. And Mercedes-Benz announced plans to cut 15 to 20% of their dealerships in Germany and about 10% of dealerships globally as part, give me a second here, folks. We'll give you all the time you need. Of a broad overhaul to its distribution network. Toyota has piloted a transition to the agency model in New Zealand, as has BMW in South Africa. And Volkswagen is planning a direct agency sales model for their new all-EV ID models in Germany. But we've also seen evidence of friction in this transition. There are currently lawsuits brought by both Mercedes and Honda dealers in Australia against their respective OEMs, as both automakers push through an evolution from franchise to agency model. Back here in the U.S., concerns exist among dealers that OEMs may spin off the EV divisions of the legacy business and try to apply a different arrangement slash agreement with the dealers slash agents. This is why VW's announcements of the Scout brand raised eyebrows, as as did Ford's announcements just before NADA this year about the separation of their EV and ICE uh, divisions. More recently, Ford announced that they would support three tiers of dealers, ICE only, and two different EV tiers. This is some pretty interesting stuff when you start to look at the global landscape and mm-hmm. what's happening here. Final remarks on the agency model. This is coming from a guy who who runs like, essentially like a, it's not a hedge fund, but it's like a venture fund for, yeah. for, for dealers. I expect we will see continued, quote, creep towards more of an agency model here in the U.S. Online ordering, reservation of new EV models, reducing and capping commissions on certain models, less control over inventory and fewer incentives. What's unclear to me at this point, all of the above is predict, uh, predicated on automakers being able to control their historical urge to produce more vehicles <laughs> in a race to win market share and to run their factories at full capacity to recover huge fixed costs. As OEMs take the inventory risk on their balance sheet in contrast to the historical model of wholesaling new cars to dealers as soon as the vehicle is off the production line, what kind of tolerance will they or the or Wall Street analysts who cover their stocks have for inventory backing up for in the inevitable EV model that is a, quote, dud and isn't received well in the market? Only time will tell. Well, Fascinating overview. Well, my, my, my suggestion would be for when those duds appear. Oh, well, then you'll have a reduction in the manufacturer's retail price. You won't necessarily have to have an incentive. You'll just lower the, the, the Steve manufacturer. Steve makes a, a good point, though, Dad. Yeah. If you're the one holding the inventory and you have a dud, yeah, yeah. you're going to be lowering the price, but also you're now incurring all the costs, the carrying costs that the dealership was previously. Yeah. There's pros and cons here. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's you're fighting a 100-year um, historical way of doing business. And it's you know it's it's going to be difficult to change enough dealer principal minds to uh, to move to this. But in the long run, it seems to me it would be beneficial for everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean it's beneficial for the OEM, the manufacturer. It's beneficial for the dealer, and it's beneficial for the consumer. 
okay? It, it, it will no longer become a marathon or like a grudge match when a, when a consumer goes into a dealership to try and buy a car, Oh, it'll be it'll be pretty simple. You go in, you, you've ordered a car because you've already test driven it. You know what you're buying it for because you'll be buying it for the manufacturer's retail price. Um, it, it really it, it, it saves time, effort, energy. It puts so much time back into people's lives because they're not spending four, five, six, seven, eight hours at a dealership trying to grind out a deal. Okay, when you go to the Apple store to buy uh, the new iPhone or to buy a new Mac, yep. uh, you, you're not you're not grinding with the Apple representative trying to get a better deal. The deal is the deal. The number is the number. The price is the price. It's pretty damn simple. Either you want it and you know what that price is going to be or you don't want it. And that's realistically the way it should be in in retail we are watching we are watching a retailing system that has existed for 100 plus years evolve right before our eyes and you're seeing even in australia new zealand there are lawsuits against the oems yes it's going to be an expensive battle it really is it's 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 going to be um a time-consuming battle but ultimately ultimately i believe that the oems win the dealers lose the dealers will accept the new normal They'll still be able to make a nice living, okay. Well, they're not going to be dealers; they're going to be agents. Well, whatever, but yeah. but the dealer principle of 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 the dealership where the the agency per se um, will still be able to make a nice living. They'll they'll, they'll have less expense than they had before. Yep. Um, the margins will probably be higher than they were before. Well, their costs uh, are going to be considerably lower. Yeah, the cost will be considerably lower. Um, so I, I think ultimately, yes, dealers could fight it, but ultimately they will they will come to the reckoning that it makes more sense not only for the OEM but for them as well, and it and it makes even greater sense um, for the consumers. We're going to chat about we've got some monthly sales numbers, so we'll have that here in just a second. But before we do, from Tim, pops. yeah. But wouldn't this only work for new car sales? What about the used market? How would dealers be affected? I think this is a great point because you're going to see more dealerships like AutoNation, Lithia, et cetera, Penske turn into Carvana, mm-hmm. CarMax. Yeah. Used cars is where there's going to be a huge opportunity to make money. It already is, but I think and, even more. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I, I think could happen, and this is really like looking way off into the yeah. future, but every OEM, could have a centralized unit that puts a number on people's trades. Okay. Like a clearing house for trade-ins. Yes. Yeah. And then and then the dealers or the agencies, you know, get the cars from these clearing houses. And and perhaps um, you know, you you do the same thing with it's just a preset price. And and you you take the negotiations out of it. You, you know, if you can if you can agree to a reasonable margin that a dealership is going to need uh, so that they can sustain themselves in business and, and everybody agrees that whatever that margin is, whether it's 6%, 8%, 10%, whatever it is on pre-owned cars, um, 
then that's what it is. And that's what the dealer makes. And, and it's still negotiation free. It is interesting on the used car side as well, because we've seen the, the evolution of the car lease happen before our eyes. We should do a video on the YA channel explaining the evolution of a car lease because it's different now than it was when you started leasing cars. Most leases on new EVs. Yeah. Because I'm going to say Tesla and Ford. So most leases on new EVs. You do not have the option to buy the vehicle at the end of the lease. Yes. Part of the reason we are seeing that is so OEMs can control more aspects of the used car market. They want to set pricing. Well, they want I, to be in control of the inventory. And that kind of fits the example of what you're describing. And well, and in the old days, you know, when I first started and there was leasing, I mean, you had a choice between an open-end lease and a closed-end lease. Yep. And an open-end lease meant that, that um, the consumer was responsible for whatever the residual value was at the end. So... If you leased the vehicle and the residual value was $15,000 at the end of the lease, okay, but the market value was $10,000, you... We need to do this video. We need to show you were, the you were You were the yeah. one that was supposed to make the lease company whole and give them that extra $5,000. Well, everybody realized, well, that's not fair. So today, probably 99.9% .9 of all leases are closed-end leases, where the leasing company is responsible for whatever the residual value is. And, and what made that work for the longest period of time as the person leasing the vehicle, you could just turn in the vehicle at the end. You could, you could uh, just trade it in or turn it in and get another yep. vehicle, same brand. Or in many cases, you had the option to buy the vehicle for the residual value at the end. And a lot of the lease companies are, are taking away that third option of being able to buy the vehicle for the residual value at the end. One of the reasons there's very few lease returns in the market today is those people who have the option to buy their vehicle for the residual value today are buying their vehicle somewhere between 25 and 35% below what the current market is on that vehicle. Even as used car prices yeah. come down. Because so, remember, car, used car prices went up 50% last year. It, so, so who in their right mind wouldn't want to buy something at 25 to 30% below the current market? Um, and if the, the leasing companies get their way in the future, you're just not going to have that option. Yeah, and we're already seeing it. And mm -hmm. why? Because they want to, <laughs> they control, want to control it. They want to control the amount of used car inventory. You've got to keep in mind also, these leasing companies, the the finance the financing arms of the OEMs, they're hedge funds. Like that's like all they do is move money around and make bets and hedge against things. And that's really at the end of the day what they exist to do. And so controlling the inventory is another way for them to manipulate and control the market. I want to pull up on the screen, Dad. We have an incredible article. Huge kudos to Justin on our team. He runs with Justice, Justice Hay, see in the chat, yeah. YAA Electric. Definitely go check out that YouTube channel. How did car dealerships become so powerful in America? We have this incredible overview. The history of car dealers. I mean, this is one of the best pieces of content I think mm -hmm. we've ever produced, talking about local lobbies, national lobbying efforts, Right to repair. Yes. It goes on and on and on. It is a great deep dive. I, I believe this is what's called long piece journalism. Long form. Long form. Take a peek. I dropped it in the chat. The reason you want to read that is because it explains why everything we've discussed today is going to take, it's going to move at a glacial pace. Oh, yeah. I mean, NADA is not going to let anything happen quickly unless it makes them even more money, which maybe well, then they will. Well, if, if there is a way that you can convince the the dealership owners that 
their net profit will actually go up by accepting this mm -hmm. because they'll have lower headcounts, lower expenses, um, decent margins. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think it'll take all that much convincing for the dealer owners to say, yeah, okay, I'm in, let's do it. I mean, what what if you were the owner and you could make equal to or more money than what you're making today with, I don't know, a lot less headache, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, no, I think people are starting people, the, the folks that are in power at dealerships are seeing the light yeah. of lower headcount, less SGNA, higher margin. It would be it, it, you would be foolish to to not want to do that. You would you would show your abject stupidity as a business. Well, it's person. just an evolution. I mean, a lot of businesses are entrenched in the way things have been done for a long time because that's how they like it. Change humans are change adverse to begin with. But I agree with you. There's a true evolution on the new car side happening right now. One of the things I learned when I when I uh, when I was with the Penske organization and. They would they would bring uh, sales managers and general managers in for a day and a half or a two day seminar with someone who would teach you about dealer operations and, and everything, um, from writing repair orders, understanding. Uh, uh, every, you're, you're doing your quiet. Okay, understanding voice. <laughs> understanding every aspect of 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 making money in a dealership. Um, and one of the things that I remember him saying, and, and this was something I needed to challenge myself with, and it was just because you've been doing something one way for as long as you have doesn't mean, A, that it is the best way, or B, it's the only way. It just simply means it's the way that you've been doing it. And so you always need to be looking at everything it is that you do to see if there might be a better way. What got you here won't get you there. Exactly. <laughs> so that so that you really need to look at everything you do and see if there could possibly be a slightly better way of doing it. And if dealership principals can see that, that you can make as much or more with less headache, they would be foolish not to. Completely agree. And what what does Igor say that? I tried, Ray. Not all dealers are on board with the concept of order to buy. I used to fight it too until I invested in Eastern Europe here in automotive groups and saw the truth. Hundred yeah. percent. Let's um yep, exactly right. Like driving a nice vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I'll do that till they come up with the uh, a hybrid I can afford. You'll be a Toyota owner, I think, before you know it. Now let's jump to the chat here. So Eric or Elric, excuse me, says some states require dealers by law. Yeah. Most states do. Again, read that article by Justin. But but that doesn't mean that, you know, if, if we switch to an agency model, that you'd call it an agency instead. Yep. It's still a dealer. It's just a different name for a dealer. Mike's got a great point here. Yeah. Dealerships are sitting on a lot of real estate with huge lots for non-existent cars. Yep. Suggestions and ideas for what dealership lots could become? Drive-in movie theaters. I think that's number one on my list. I know that's a favorite for you. We could turn them into a small little racetracks. Small little racetracks. Yeah. For you know, because, you know, in, in North Scottsdale, uh, at the Scottsdale 101 Auto Collection, um, at Chauncey Ranch, when we built that, there was actually a test track yep. built into the um, facility that 
we never used as a test track because we were certainly afraid that somebody would crash your car and then then we would end up being liable but you know that's just why are you messing with the microphone oh i got it out of the frame well no it's in the frame it's just in the black portion of the picture so you can't see it now <laughs> i'm directing, Pops. I'm directing. You, you are you're the federico fellini of, of <laughs> You don't know who Fellini is? No. no, he was a great Italian director. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Damien's got a great question or a great yes. point here. Discounts won't end and overpricing won't end. Why OEM will have to dump poor selling models and try and recoup loss with more popular models. This is Steve Greenfield's point. This is kind of your point as well. Like if you have a dud, you're just going to discount the hell out of it. And it is quite the evolution in thinking to go from we just make as many cars as possible and wholesale them to the dealers and then they, they, you, deal, with they it, deal with it to, yeah. oh, crap, now we have to worry about things actually selling. It does make you wonder. Some OEMs probably will never actually cross that chasm. It, it, it'll put greater onus on the designers of the vehicles to really understand what it is. <laughs> ZDX. Yeah, what it is that they're designing and and whether or not anybody would want to buy it. Yep. You know, many, 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 many years ago, the 60s, the 70s, your big three in this country, they built what they wanted, not necessarily what the public wanted, and they figured they could get the public to buy it with enough incentives. Now, you would have to actually, I don't know, pay attention to what the public is telling you and pay attention to what the public wants. And you'd have to build what they want as opposed to what you wanted to build. Yeah. It'll put a greater onus on the design of these vehicles to make sure that they actually fit into something. They fit into a need and a want for the consumers out there. Um, as they go all in on expensive electric vehicles. So it's like that, that, that not every consumer wants out there. And most people can't afford. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe this is maybe this is the moment. So Toyota, we're going to be talking more about this on tomorrow's show. And, and we have a video on the YA channel that'll go out. And I know Justice and Justin talked about it on the electric channel this morning. Toyota, and I'm not saying the company, I'm saying Mr. Toyota himself, yeah. the CEO of Toyota Corporation, at the dealer meetings they had last week in Las Vegas, he literally came out and said, we're not all in on EV and we're committed to our dealer model. Honestly, Toyota looking a little like the contrarian here where they're saying hybrid powertrains, actually hydrogen as well. It could be, Dad, that if you we talked about it in the video we record 10, 15 years from now, we're all looking at Toyota, the ones who maybe didn't change as rapidly. Because they being, realized it couldn't be done as rapidly as everybody says they want to make it happen. And take take EV out of it as well. Like yeah. Maybe Toyota is about to have a moment where they're producing cheaper vehicles that get people from point A to point B and are reliable. What a novel concept. Uh, yeah, it's one that worked pretty well for quite some time. And it seems like it probably will continue today. <laughs> yes. All right, Dad. Let's not jump into any other topics here today. We'll do more of a roundup on the weekly auto, or on the monthly um, sales figures tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I want to remind everyone again: we've got back on the join YAA website. We've got those consultations that you can now book with us. You can get help uh, searching when you're buying a vehicle, selling a vehicle. We've got all the information here as well: auto insurance, home renters, etc., warranties, finance, refinance, all here. Plus the membership, the community forum, the blogs, the videos. There's a lot of information would you on the please, website. Would you please, um, since you have that up, would you please go onto the buy one Yep. And, and show people how to actually search for the make and model that they're interested in and some of the valuable information that is there um, that they can utilize when they actually go to the dealership? We'll do a G35. Mm, okay. 
Infinity G35. I don't know why. Let's just see. Okay. Oh, man. I didn't realize the G35 is from way back when. All right. Let's well, just do infinities is, but... in general. So when you're on a particular vehicle, you can filter. I like to filter by days on market. That's probably my favorite thing to do. But, but, but even if you didn't filter, look yep. at the top of every picture. It tells you how many days on market that vehicle has been at that dealership. If you were to click on a vehicle such as that and then scroll down to vehicle price history, you can see what the pricing wow. history of that vehicle has been. So as a so new car, it, it was it, 51 grand. And then most recently listed as a used, used vehicle car. in June for 49880. That's down 8 grand ladies and gentlemen. But my point is that that information is at your fingertips when you use this. Now, having said that, having seen that the vehicle has been discounted eight grand from its original used car asking price, could you go in and maybe negotiate a few more dollars off? Yes. Are you going to be able to negotiate another 10% off? Probably not. They've already discounted it $8,000 from where they started. <laughs> but it would indicate to me that they're serious in wanting to try and get rid of this so that they would be amenable to some type of small negotiation above and beyond what they're asking for the vehicle today. That's information that is actionable information that's not available to you on any other search site that I'm aware of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now go back to it if you can yeah. and, and click on the sell side. I like when you do this. I'm glad you do. Now, you know, you hear us say many times, if you want to figure out what your vehicle's I'll worth, okay, go on to Carvana or Vroom or CarMax, uh, put your information in, let them come up with an instant quote for you so you have some idea as to, as to what your vehicle's worth. Well, on our website, if you put in the, the information, um, here's the deal. You only have to put it in once. And then the people that we've partnered with, CarWiser, well, they will pull up all the bids on that vehicle from all the uh, all their partners that that offer uh, in to, your region, in your deals, region yeah. that offer to purchase cars. So, and are you going to get spammed? No. And can you find this on any other search or sell site? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, so you answer a few questions, and before you know it, once you've answered the questions, you'll get uh, you'll get a, a a spit out of what these various buyers of pre-owned cars will pay for your vehicle. Dun dun dun. We're retrieving the dun, offers dun, 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 now. Dun. And this is for that one that we were just looking at for sale. Yes, so I'm yes. very curious to yes. see what dealers are willing to pay if it was mm -hmm. a trade-in. And sorry, Carwiser team, for abusing your form with, with fake data. So Car Gurus <clears throat> is the high offer at $38,016, then Vroom at $36,697, Echo Park at $34,843. <clears throat> and get me the VIN pending. So if I yeah. were if and and so what I would do here is I could save all the offers. Then the CarWiser team will get in touch with you yes. and coordinate the actual sale. But thirty-eight thousand sixteen. What was the listed price again? Forty-one seven. Forty-one eight. Going back. Going back. Whoops. This had G thirty-five in it. Let me get rid of that. Oh, let me just do this. 
Ha, ha, ha. G35. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, my. Do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 better do, server. Do, do. There you go. <laughs> Advertised 40, for 41. Yeah. Honestly, this is a kind of good price. Yeah. And, and could you save probably a few bucks? You probably could. Not a lot, yeah. but a few dollars. So my, my point is, is that all the tools are there that anybody would ever need when it comes to figuring out how to buy or sell your vehicle. It's there. And if I'm not mistaken, the cost of those tools everything is everything free. inside of that circle, ladies and gentlemen. It's free. It's absolutely 100% free. And if you don't take advantage of that, well, then I, I don't know what to tell you. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Please tune in then. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here today. Pops, thanks for your time, as always. My pleasure. We'll be back here tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, with more news that you can use from YAA. Have a good one, Hanson. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.